This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We're going to continue with the blessed family. I know we've been talking about marriage, but marriage is a, a key part of the family because the children see the model of the, of the uh, mom and dad, the marriage. So we've been looking at that. and uh, As you recall, at the marriage conference we had about three weeks ago, the Lord um, instructed me to keep going in that, in that vein, in that place. Uh, so that's what we're doing. But I, I do believe that we will get to the, the series that actually was planning on doing, and that's when, when faith seems to fail. And we'll be, it'll be uh, a, a great series for us, bring some understanding. But for right now, uh, we're going to continue with the blessed family. Oh, and, and Kathy Mokery told me, which blessed me, she said, I was the big toe. <laughs> and um, God is good. God is a good God. Amen. So how many agree with me that her big toe is healed and blessed in Jesus' name? We looked um, last week, I'm really not going to review just a moment, but what we learned is that marriage is a partnership, that it's a, you're together in this thing, you're, you're walking together, it's a partnership that God designed it uh, to be that way, and we are to pursue, chase, and cling to our spouse. We keep learning the likes and, and desires of our spouse. And those things can change over the years. And you, you continually learn. And you're always learning about your spouse. And um, I've been married 38 years. I'm still learning things about Ellen. Uh, I keep thinking I've, I've learned every aspect. And then another one will pop up. So you, you're always learning. You're always uh, clinging or pursuing uh, your spouse. And many times we stop that, and that's when we get into trouble. So we want to continue to do that. And the Word actually teaches when you do that, you'll be strong against the enemy because your marriage will be welded together and be strong. So today I want to look at, and I want to talk about really the key to a blessed marriage is good communication. And I believe good communication is the, the key to almost everything. When you look at any uh, issue that we face, any problem or anything that we face, it comes down, I believe, to communication. The enemy attacks marriages in three areas, communication, intimacy, and finances. But re really, when you think about intimacy, if you're willing to communicate, willing to open your heart and share and get down uh, to the issues, you can work through it with good communication. Same for finances. When you sit down and you open up uh, a willingness to have dialogue and talk and make a budget and start working on finances together, that takes care of that. So the key in all of this, I believe, is communication. And God wants us to be good at communicating. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground 
and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Adam was created from the dust. He came from dirt. And we can see that when we look at men. Men like to do things that uh, outdoors many times, and, uh, and I'm, I'm am generalizing, I realize with this, but men like to hunt, men like to do things outside more. Um, they're just different. They like to play golf. I, I know there are some ladies that like to. It's just a, a difference. And it could be that maybe because we came from dirt, we don't mind getting out in the dirt. But there, there are these differences. But I, well, I want you to see these differences were from the beginning. You didn't come up or, or create the differences. They were always there from the beginning. So the differences that you notice or go through, is it's nothing new. It was there with Adam and Eve from the beginning. And what we need to do is to honor those differences. And you have to understand the differences and honor the differences in order to communicate effectively. If you dishonor the differences, you'll never communicate. You'll never be successful. You have to understand that we are different and honor those differences, and then you can communicate effectively. And I was thinking, just uh, talking about the women's meeting. You know, I've been to many men's meetings, and they're completely different than a woman's meeting. I mean, I've been to men's meetings in a, in a barn, literally, just an old barn with no uh, heat, freezing. But you know what the, we're guys, we're tough. We can take the cold, can't we guys? Everybody, yeah, 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 we can. And, you know, everybody's yelling, we're, we're, we're all tough. <laughs> and it's just a, a difference. And, and, and yeah, there was, there was some food served, but, you know, it was nothing fancy. I mean, it was just, um, you couldn't even find, there was not enough tables. You couldn't even find the table, you know. It ran out of plates, wasn't enough plates. You know, just... Use your hand. There was guys using their hands. Now, here's the thing. The guys didn't think anything of it. Just, uh, it's inconvenient here. I have to go wash my hands afterwards, I guess. I hope some did. But anyway, it, it's just a, a different thing. And then you, you have your meetings, and uh, usually there will be outdoor activities. You know, men uh, bring their guns. I know, uh, and just it's just different. And usually the, the service is a little shorter. You go to a ladies' conference, and uh, I have some because we, we've had some at, at the church and uh, anyway, been involved. And they're longer usually. There's more um, sessions. They're a little longer. You don't have the outdoor break to go shoot your gun uh, and do that kind of stuff. It's it's just not there. And um, the the tables. There's plenty of tables. There's plates for everyone. There's a flower at each table. See, 
the, the man's conference, no man will ever be assigned, make sure you order the flowers for each table. <laughs> Never going to happen. It's, it's the difference. <laughs> Nothing wrong, it's just, just different. Can you imagine a guy, you know, he's at the, the conference and there's no flower on my table. I'm offended. <laughs> just, just won't happen. After prayer with the ladies, usually there's a lot of hugs and crying going on. A lot of prayer time, there's all this hugging and crying going on. It's a good thing. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that's the way it is. The men, they're out of there. They're out saying, hey, let's, let's go do something. Now, did they receive from the Lord? Yeah. I'm just saying we're different. In Genesis 2:18, it says, And Jehovah God said, It's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And we saw... That this is, it goes beyond just the husband and wife. No one is called to be alone. If you're, if you're single, you're not called to be alone. If you're a man, woman, you're not called to be alone. We're all called to be family. Even if you have no natural family, each person is called to a church family. And you're to have friends and family at, out of your church. And it's a blessing to have that. Those that can help if you're a single parent. Those that can help for your kids in the church, from the church. Because we're family. And that's the way God created it uh, to be. And no one's created to be an island. You know, and that's the great thing about small groups. You can get involved in a small group and make friends. And uh, it, it's just uh, such a strength uh, to that. But the word here, it says... Uh, it wasn't good for us to be alone. And God said that he would make a help meet for Adam. You remember that Adam had named all the animals and he could not find a suitable mate for him. So God said, I will make a help meet, not a help mate. Because when we use the term helpmate, which some translations say, helpmate sounds like she's an assistant following the man around all the time, taking notes, what do you need, you know. And that's not the, the picture that the scriptures give us at all. It, it's, it's not that way. Actually, the, the Hebrew is helpmeet. And you sit there in your notes, but helpmeet is translated suitable, can also mean opposite or even over against. And I'll explain that uh, a little bit. And so this is a helper who is opposite. And I, I should have really put, I got help meet there, put in parentheses, just put some parentheses around meet. Because really helper, when you look it up, it means helper. <laughs> when you look up meet, M-E-E-T, it's translated suitable and also opposite or even over against. So we're talking about a helper that's opposite. We can agree with that. Or a helper against. Also in the Hebrew, we're talking about the Hebrew letters that give word pictures. 
It means this, a strong military ally. A strong military ally that sees the enemy. And I want to talk about that part first and get some understanding on that. In 1 Peter first, uh, chapter 3, verse 7, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. It says to dwell with understanding. And notice it's addressed to the husbands because the wife automatically gets understanding about her husband. She already knows his strength and his weaknesses. She knows them. And it's addressed to the husbands. We have to intentionally, we don't normally do this, but we're to understand our wife. Make an effort to get understanding. Understand the difference. Understand the way she is. Dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife. You know one thing, when you make an effort to understand her, uh, you are honoring her. You're giving her consideration. You're showing that you love her, and you're honoring her by doing that. But we're told to honor her as to the weaker vessel. Now, this will get you in trouble, guys. You say you're the weaker vessel. No, it's talking about physically. And if your wife can lift more than you, go work out. But most of the time, <laughs> most of the time, this is the way it is. The guy is stronger. Now, she is equal with you mentally and spiritually. She is equal with you. You're to honor her as the weaker vessel. And that means if there's some heavy lifting, you don't say, hey, baby, would you get that for me? <laughs> That's too heavy for me, <laughs> Or you see her, you know, it's to, let me get that for you. You're giving consideration. You're honoring her as the weaker physically, the vessel. So you honor her by lifting and, and doing those things. And there's all kinds of other things you can do by being courteous, being kind, patient, doing these things for her, honoring her. And we, we've already looked at honoring means protecting, means providing, it means uh, loving her. It's important to see that the wife and husband are on the same team. You know, military ally, you're on the same team. You're standing together. It's not something that you're doing alone. And men, it's important that we really understand our wife is an ally. We're in a war. There's an enemy that wants to destroy your family, wants to steal your children, wants to destroy your marriage, wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And you need an ally. You need someone that's standing with you, that, that's there supporting you, that's your, your partnership. You're there together. This, this ally is, is one that you can count on, one that uh, is so close that you're one together. The Word says you become one, a, a new being, that two become one. One of the reasons couples divorce is, is because they fail to see they're on the same team. And the enemy comes in and lies and says, the spouse, that's the problem. That, that woman you gave me, that's the problem. <laughs> and we start the blame game, the same thing that happened in the garden. We start this blame game, and 
we don't realize we're on the same team. We're to be for each other. When you understand the differences in those things that seem to separate and seem like we're against each other, you understand those things, you can get on the same team and you can walk together the way God intended for us to do. But the spouse was designed to be your ally. You're designed to work together, to walk together. Your wife is not just a military ally. She sees the enemy. She sees the enemy. She's more than that, just that military ally. She can see things. Now, what benefit is that? She can see things that you can't see, that the husband can't see. God has gifted her with a unique gift to see the enemy, to see what he's up to, to see him, see him at work. So she has the ability to see things physically and spiritually that men just don't normally see. And it's even in the natural realm when you look at this, and I've had a lot of fun just looking some of this stuff up. But women see more shades of color than men. Men see the primary colors, red, yellow, black, and white. And I, I totally agree with this. I mean, that's so true. Women see various shades. Fuchsia. Periwinkle. Lavender. That's a smell. We've done some painting in the house. Ellen asked me what color. I said, that's brown. That's beige. Whatever you say, baby. Let's just get it done. All these colors. And I look, I just, I don't see it. Lavender? A color? Oh, come on. And they got all these names, all these different shades. <laughs> but the woman has two X chromosomes. She has the potential to see 100 million colors. Just 100 million colors, she sees. Men can see about one million. Well, there's my answer. Hallelujah. <laughs> Any guys agree or is it just me? Men can see a greater distance than, than women. Men can see far off and can see directly in front a greater distance than women. Women have greater peripheral vision. They can see what's going on around them. And that's what's neat about they can see what the enemy is doing at the moment. The man's kind of looking ahead, but she sees in the moment. She can see what's coming up the side. You know more accidents happen the men from the side? I never saw it. That's the reason your wife is jumping in the car. There's a car over here. Oh, didn't see it. I'm glad you're the co-pilot. And But see, if we don't understand the difference, you know, we want to say, do you want to drive? <laughs> I'm guilty. I'm saying, you want to drive? I'll pull this car over. You can drive this thing. I'll go sleep over here. <laughs> but she has better vision. See, and all the time she's asking me to go find something, and it's still... 
And I make greater effort because I've done enough study in marriages and stuff. I know that men can't find it. So I put forth a great effort to find it. I want to break the odds. And it's still happening. <laughs> they say a woman can look in the refrigerator. She sees the whole refrigerator. A man looks in and he's ducking around because he's just seeing directly in front. And she sees the whole thing. Everything's in there. See, it's too close. She come in. There it is right there. Oh, it's too close. That's why you know, it's just too obvious, too close. <laughs> she wanted me to find something this morning. I said, where is it? She started with the description. I said, never mind. I really don't have time, and besides, I'd have to come get you anyway. <laughs> Women think differently. Men think primary from the left side. It's more logical and um, logic in their thinking. Women use both sides of the brain, left and right, and it's more thoughtful and emotional. And that's, that's true. That's the difference. Women are wired more for details than men. They see details that, you know, often we miss. They can hear one, more than one conversation at once. And it's true. You sit at a table, whatever, she can hear the other conversation going on. Ellen's asked me, did you hear what such a... No, I didn't, no. No, I was focusing on the conversation I was having. I have to focus on one thing. <laughs> That, that's what happens to a man when you're doing your work on the honeydew list and you're doing a certain thing. She comes up, she wants to add to the list while you're doing the list. It can't compute. You say, oh, you have to tell me later. Uh, no, no, because no. you're focused on what you're doing and you can't break your focus to think about that. You're in, in the, this here. Don't shout me down. <laughs> Mothers can understand their children speaking at the same time. Many times they have found that moms can tell what their children need from their cry. Amazing. Women are multitaskers. Men are not. A woman can be cooking, stirring the food, talking on the phone, and still hear what her children are saying. She's a strong military ally. She's a partner that hears what's going on and sees the enemy. But see what God did. Man has his vision that's more directly in front, goes a, a, a greater distance, and she's seeing what's around. When you come together, God designed you to have better vision together. And we got to understand the differences. So she sees things that men don't normally see. Genesis 2, 21, the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And while he slept, he looked, he took one of his ribs or a part of his side and closed up the place with, with flesh and the rib or part of his side, which the Lord God had taken from the man, he built up and made into a woman, and he brought 
her to the man. I want you to notice here it says part of the side. I believe that's more in line um, with the Hebrew um, from some I've read, some of the scholars. Uh, because, you know, we think of a rib, sometimes we can get the thought insignificant. You know, you never go to a restaurant and you place your order. I want a rib. <laughs> it just doesn't seem to have the effect, does it? But when you think about uh, a part of the side, the rib cage protects the vital organs. And when you think that God took Adam and split him in two and took a side out, that makes a big difference. In other words, she's a part of you that you can't do without. She's not some insignificant small rib. She is a part of you that you cannot do without. You can't do without part of your side or half your rib cage. You cannot. You need her. And God designed it that way, that you would need her. She's an important part of your life. You cannot live fully without her. Rib represents the emotional support, hidden inward strength, and encouragement of a wife. The wife can bring encouragement like no one else to her spouse, to her husband. And that's part of, it's, it's hidden. A lot of people don't see it. She knows the, the little boy at home behind the man. <laughs> she knows it all. And she's the hidden support and the encouragement of her husband. Also, rib in the Hebrew means advice, or we could say for advice. She was given an extra portion of wisdom that the man needed. She was created, husband, to give you advice. Does that help you some? She was designed that way, to give you advice. And that advice is insight or different perspective than you see. And you need to listen. You need to hear what she has to say. So Adam and Eve were created to walk together side by side. And she would bring him advice and wisdom so their partnership could go to a greater level. So husbands, you need to listen to your wives. You need to draw on that unique perspective that she has. Another meaning of help me, remember I talked about helper opposite or even the helper against. And I want to talk about that for a moment. One of the hindrances that uh, men we have of drawing from our wife is the hindrance of pride. And we have to lay down pride and get that out of the way and understand this is our ally, this is our partner in life. And we have to draw out that unique perspective and that advice that she gives a great example of this is found in 1 Samuel 25. And you can go back and you can read this. But it's a story about Abigail. And she, David and his men were protecting uh, some uh, men who were shearing sheep. It was a huge... Uh, Abigail was married to a man, Nabal, who was very wealthy. But he was very harsh and very cruel. He's evil. And... She was uh, very beautiful and wise. Anyway, uh, Nabal, uh, his forces, his men had been protected really by David's men. And David comes and sends 10 of his men down to 
Nabon says, you know, we have been there, protected you, haven't lost any sheep, none have been stolen or anything like that. And we would like, uh, could you share some provisions with us? And the word says that Nabal actually mocked and said, who is this David? Who is the son of Jesse? And just totally uh, was disrespectful. And when you, you read later on, it, it says that he screamed at these men and just totally uh, gave it to David, you know, his name and everything. So the men come back to David, and they tell David what happened. And David did what most men would do. He said, men, get your gear. <laughs> Pull the sword. <laughs> this guy's going to die. So one of the uh, men goes to Abigail and said, we can't tell your husband. He, he, he's, such a, he's such a jerk. We can't even talk to him and tell him the truth. But we're all about to die. It says what happened. And uh, Abigail's hearing this. And she gets, says, load down some donkeys. And she heads out to David. And she goes to David. And it says that she fell down, she bowed down before him, and she gave great respect to David and says, please don't do this. My, my husband has made mistakes, and he's not altogether there. This is the Bob paraphrase. He's, he's a nut, and you're coming to kill us all. And I, I want you to Receive this provision. I want you to have mercy on this. Besides this, I know your destiny. She knew he was destined to be king. I know your destiny is to be king, and you don't want this on your record that you went out and you took revenge, and you did this. And David said, I thank the Lord my God that he has sent you with the wisdom. Wisdom came. And notice she was going opposite. It was a woman bringing opposite to what this man had decided. Opposite advice. But the way she approached it caused him to listen. And he heard from God. And he's thanking God. And he received the provisions and turned back. And their household got to live. Well, they go back and... Uh, she, at that night, Nabal has a big party. He gets drunk, and the next day he has a, a hangover. He's just, it's a rough scene, and Abigail goes, this is what happened yesterday. Our life was in the balance. We were all going to die, but I went and did this. And it says they had a heart attack, and he died 10 days later. And then David finds out, and David calls upon Abigail. And next thing you know, he proposes to Abigail. She went, her wisdom caused her to change course. Her wisdom changed her life. Her wisdom caused her to go from being a, a miserable wife in a miserable marriage to being married to the king of Israel. Talking about a change. But there's some things, ladies, that we, can, that we can learn from this. She knew that when you know, men get upset, they do crazy things. They don't think right. 
but she was able to appease. She was able to come with the wisdom of God. And you see this in your notes. A woman's opposing views were designed to bring better perspective and to help her husband clarify situations. If you can get that, but it's important for women to understand, if you want your husband to listen, you need to be respectful when speaking to him. Because his number one need is respect. It's not a want or desire, it's a need, and it's called respect. A woman's number one need is security. So see, when we understand these differences, we know how to approach each other. We know the way we're designed to be. But thank God for the wisdom that God has given to, to the wife, to women. Women need to understand the man's mind. And this is, is key too. Men are headliners. They don't want all the details. Just get to the point and give it to them. They don't need to hear everything. Just tell them the main thing. Don't expect your husband to communicate like a woman does. He's not, because he's not a woman. And many times we want to communicate the way we are, and they're not. Men are fixers. We hear a problem, we give the solution. Ellen, tell me a problem. I say, well, here's the solution. We're fixers. But what we men, we have to understand, she's not designed that way. She is wanting to be listened to. Because to a woman, talking is a de-stressor. If you'll get that one thing. You know, she might cry on you, which could help her. But you know what you want to do? You want to fix it. It's stirring you up. Her talking about this issue and your problem that you think you have the answer to is stressing you. And the next thing you, you want to do is stop the crying and you want to stop now. And you're getting stirred up. So ladies, here's a tip for you. Tell him, I've got this. I want to talk to you about this. I don't want you to give me the solution or fix it. I just want you to listen. And they'll take care of a whole lot. Because the woman will get more stressed because he's upset, because he's trying to fix it, and all she wants to do is be listened to. And usually, as she's talking it out, she'll feel better and come up with a solution on her own. So we work against each other. One's trying to fix it. One just wants to be listened to. So we got to understand the difference there. Women speaks, men go into fixer mode. <laughs> so ladies telling, I don't want you to fix this. I just want you to listen. And in closing here, you see I've got being a better listener. We need to listen to each other. Number one, you can't listen and do something else. Unplug from the video game, from the TV, the phone, wherever it is, and really listen. Listen to each other. You know, the, and it could be that maybe her input, her advice is frustrates you. That's okay. 
But you need to learn to listen and know you're on the same side. You may not agree. But there's a third party in your marriage covenant. Remember? God. And you can pray together. And you can go to Him. And work things out. Shut out the distractions. Concentrate on each other. Number two, make eye contact. Make eye contact. Number three, listen to how your spouse feels. You know, a woman, she'll say, this is how I feel about what you're saying. A man will say, this is what I think about what you're saying. Understand the differences and communicate. And then you have the third party. You have God as part of your marriage. And you're threefold. You're, you're three together that makes a successful marriage. But communicate. Learn about each other. And don't be defensive. Don't be offended. Learn how each other works and operates. That's Powerheads. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. Father, we want to see and want to have successful marriages. God, we want you to be glorified and honored in our marriages. We understand it's a covenant. And Lord, we know it's an example, it's an influence to all those around us. And Lord, even in our own household, we want our children to have a godly legacy for them to see and know the goodness of the Lord, even in the house and in the marriage. God, we thank you that you have designed us to be different. And different is good because you made us different, and so it must be good. And Lord, help us to use those differences that will be stronger together. Help us to have better vision. Help us to be stronger together, welded together. Help us, Lord, even when we have opposing views, to hear each other out, to listen and carefully weigh and get the wisdom of God on the situation. Help us to be patient and kind with each other. Help us to honor each other. And God, we give you honor. We give you praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name. If every head bowed and eyes shut, if today you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation. Don't delay. Don't put it off. Make that decision today. What's it mean? It means giving your heart, giving your life to Him. It means turning over everything to Him. It's a heart decision. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand and we'll pray together. Maybe you prayed this before, but you recognize today you need to make that relationship right. You need to get close to Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all say this together. Say, Dear Lord, I thank you for Jesus who died for me. I receive forgiveness for every sin, for every place that I've missed it. I receive peace and joy. Because I receive you, Lord, as my Savior, as the Lord of my life. I give my all to you. I follow you, Lord. I listen to you. I'll study your word. I get connected in church. I'll be your disciple. Thank you, Lord, 
for making me new today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.